Thank you for listening to this message from Faith Builders. Pastors Philip and Michelle Still are dedicated to building your faith and framing your world by the Word of God. There are many more resources available on our website, www.buildfaith.net, where you can find links to our audio and video archives. We also invite you to join us online for our live stream services. Remember to build your faith and frame your world by the Word of God. Turn with me to Titus chapter 1 this morning. And uh, there's some things that we want to talk about, but I, I just want to share this with you before we go further. Uh, Pastor Michelle and I, this past, uh, well, Thursday, Friday, and uh, part of Saturday, uh, her part of Saturday, I was on my way back, uh, we were at the uh, National Association of Christian Lawmakers meeting convention in Branson. Uh, Senator Jason Raper uh, started that about, uh, I think, three years ago. He started the, the NACL. And uh, we were there, and we were about to begin our first session uh, when the word came down that uh, Roe v. Wade had been overturned. Hallelujah. Now, I, I, want, I want to do two things. I want to make sure you understand this, and then I want to make a statement, and then we'll get into what we're going to minister on. Uh, the fight for life has just begun. And, and I want you to understand why I say that. Because what has happened is they've returned this issue to the states. All right? The, the ruling of the justices was this. We hold that Roe and Casey must be overruled. Now, here's why. Now, this is important. Most, most people don't understand this. The reason why America has the rule of law is because we have a constitution and we have a, a bill of rights. That is what governs the decisions or should govern the decisions. When uh, Roe v. Wade was enacted, it was enacted in spite of the constitution. And, and here's the thing. We hold that Roe and Casey must be overruled. The Constitution makes no reference to abortion. And no such right is implicitly protected by any constitutional provision. The Constitution makes the statement that we hold these facts to be self-evident. That every person has been endowed with certain inalienable rights such as life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. He didn't say you had a right to happiness. He said you had a right to pursue it. Well, why would they say that? Because you're not allowed to do just whatever makes you happy. Right? Well, here's my point. Hallelujah. If... Every person has an inalienable right, inalienable right to life. As believers, if you believe the scripture, before you were formed in your mother's womb, God knew you. God is the one that knit you together. Psalm 118, God knit you together. So for every person that was conceived, God had a plan for them. God had a purpose for them. The Bible, God told uh, Jeremiah, before you were in your mother's womb, I called you and I ordained you. See, this, this is so important that we understand that. So if every person has a right to life, then everyone of those 63 million children that lost their life to abortion had a right to live. God had a plan for them. Oh, hallelujah. 63 million children aborted in America alone. Over a billion worldwide. 
Now, ever what your and, and I'm going to say this, ever what your personal viewpoint is, ever what your political party leaning is, abortion is a matter of convenience. And you can never sacrifice life in the name of convenience. Because then where do you stop? Then what do we do with our elders? What do we do with our elderly in our nation? When, when they get to the point that it's no longer convenient to care for them. What do we do then? Do we sacrifice life in the name of convenience? Because if we do, we'll be violating God's word. Hallelujah. So he said, it makes no such right implicitly protected by any constitutional provision, including the one on which the defenders of Roe and Casey now chiefly rely. The due process clause of the 14th Amendment. That provision has been held to guarantee some rights that are not mentioned in the Constitution. But any such right must be deeply rooted in this nation's history and tradition and implicit in the concept of ordered liberty. So the gist of this is that this issue of abortion has been thrown back to the states. We live in a state in Arkansas that Senator Jason Raper and others, in anticipation of this a number of years ago, I believe it was four or five years ago, passed a bill in, in our state house that when Roe v. Wade was overturned, abortion clinics in Arkansas would lose their medical license. As of uh, yesterday, you cannot get an abortion in Arkansas. Now, here's what people will say. Women are going to lose their life because of this. Let, let me tell you the facts. See, not, not biased facts. The facts. Right now, out of all abortions performed in America, less than 1% are to save the life of the mother. Less than 1%. Well, this is going to increase the number of unwanted children. That argument's been going on since the 1970s. Yet the number of unwanted, uncared for, and neglected children continues to rise. And abortion's been legal since the 70s. If it was going to cure the problem of unwanted, neglected children, why hasn't it done it? Because that's not the real reason. Well, but pastor, the population has increased. That may be right, that we have more neglected and unwanted children because there's more people. But there's more people getting abortion. See, it just, it just doesn't make sense. And when something, when something this clear cut, the president made this statement, I will continue to fight for women's rights. Well, here's what he's saying. I'll continue to fight for the right for babies to be slaughtered on a wholesale level. And I, I stand on this pretty strongly. I had a person one time tell me this, and I'm going to get into my message. This is not my message. This is just my springboard. See, don't my preaching tonight on, today on don't believe the lie. I had a person tell me one time, we, we were discussing political issues. Now, I don't usually do that, but uh, this was a family member. And they asked me why I voted for the candidate I voted for. I said, that's simple. They're the pro-life candidate. That's the issue. Right? I can't say I'm for life and vote for somebody who's not for life. And, and here's what they said. Well, you know, that makes sense. But then they made this statement. They said, I had a friend that had, a, I believe it was a two-year-old, and they found out they were pregnant. And they, they said this to me. They said, I drove them to the abortion clinic. And here's what they said. They were going to medical school. They had a lot going on. Here you go. And it just wasn't a convenient time. 
to have a child. So you sacrifice life in the name of convenience. This is not a political issue. This is right and wrong. And when this came down, my wife and I don't have social media, personal social media. She has a ministry account. And we just made the statement that, you know, we're rejoicing and at the NACL. And we had a, a person that's very close to us, a family member, that used some very harsh language, said that we were disgusting because we have tunnel vision and we need to educate ourselves. Let me tell you something. When they start saying that, all they're saying is you believe in right and wrong. Right and wrong is a very black and white issue. There are no gray areas. There's not something that's sort of right or sort of wrong. It's either wrong or it's right. It's yes or it's no. Jesus said, let your yes be yes and your no be no. He said, anything other than that comes to sin. It's time for people in the church, you got to be even louder about what you believe. We got to support companies that support life. Amen. Are, are you following me? This is not a Democrat and Republic issue. This is a Bible issue. Amen. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Do you see that? Because the world will call you narrow-minded. That's okay. I'm thinking like God thinks. Hallelujah. I rejoice. I rejoice. Don't believe the lie. Titus chapter 1. Always believe these things. And, and I went over this. Uh, before, but I've added some to it. Always believe what God said about, number one, you. Always believe what God said about you. All right? Always believe what God said about you. Then secondly, always believe what God said about what belongs to you. What belongs to you. Thirdly, always believe what God said about himself. Always believe what God said about himself. Don't let the world tell you what God said about God. The world doesn't know. Don't let unbelievers tell you what Jesus said. You see that a lot today. Well, you know, Jesus said this. They don't even believe God. They don't even believe the word's true, but they'll try to tell you what Jesus said. We are Jesus' followers we are Jesus' people. We know what Jesus said. Amen. We can't be pushed into a corner and act like we don't know. Well, brother, you know, we got to love everybody. The Bible says if you love people, you'll tell them the truth. Is that right? Hallelujah. Always believe what God said about his word. About his word. And lastly, always believe what God said about what he would do. What he would do. The church in the world has the upper hand. Because we're the only undefeatable force in the world. See, you can't, you can't go too far in either direction. You can't act like there's no issues but then you can't act like that we're on the defensive. The church has not been on the defensive since the day of Pentecost. I got not one amen out of that. The church has not been on the defensive since the day of Pentecost. We have been a mighty moving force in this earth since the day of Pentecost. And I don't care what the polls say. I don't care what they say about who doesn't believe God and this percentage doesn't believe in God and this percentage doesn't believe in the Word. 
We got to believe what the word said. If they say 99.99% of everybody in America does not believe in God or his word or Jesus Christ, and we're that little lone 1% as the church, they cannot prevail against us because Jesus said the gates of hell won't prevail against the church. Oh, hallelujah. We're the change agent in the earth. I said, we're the change agent in the earth. There's no answer from the forces of darkness to the prayers of the church, to the actions of the church, to the movement of the church. There's nothing the enemy can do about it. Hallelujah. Well, Pastor, you watch the same news I watch? No, I don't. That's probably why I believe we can't be defeated. Titus 1-2, did you find it? In hope of eternal life, which God, notice these three words, that cannot lie, promise, before the world begins. So let's just take the issue at hand here, eternal life. God promised eternal life. God cannot lie. So is there eternal life? Why? Because God said it, and God cannot lie. Notice it says God cannot lie. Not will not. Not does not, cannot. If the Bible said God will not or God does not, it would imply that God can. But the Holy Spirit that authored the word said God cannot lie. Is that right? So if you're born again in here, you have eternal life forever with Jesus Christ because God cannot lie. Now, but that's not just where eternal life is concerned. God cannot lie in anything that he said, anything that he promised. That includes anything he said about you and anything he said about what belongs to you. Oh, hallelujah. Tell your neighbor, I'm glad you came to church today. That that phrase, cannot lie, it means to be without lie. Now, that's important to understand. There's no lie in God. There's no untruthfulness in God. God God does not even think about being untruthful. God is all truth. That's why Jesus could pray in John 17 and say, Sanctify them through your word. Your word is truth. If God spoke this word, that's why it's truth. It's not truth because you believe it's truth. It's truth because God said it. If you believe it's truth, it works in your life. If you believe that it, if you believe it's truth, it works for you. But it's true whether you believe it or not. God is a healer whether you believe it or not. God is a provider whether you believe it or not. God has made you the righteousness of God in Christ whether you believe it or not. That's the truth. Amen. God cannot lie. And the one who cannot lie has promised. What kind of faith would you put in a promise from someone who couldn't lie? Hallelujah. Doesn't that up your faith game? God cannot lie. God said it. So that's how it is. Amen? Numbers 23, 19. Numbers 23, 19. Tell your neighbor, say, don't believe the lie. This is important. Don't believe the lie. Numbers 23, this is, uh, of course, when Balaam had been hired by Balak to curse Israel. And he tried seven times. Notice he tried. You can't curse what God's blessed. Isn't that good news? Oh, glory. Hallelujah. I'm a big student of history. And I've watched every socialist leader, every communistic leader, every humanistic leader. One of the things every one of them will make the mistake and say is we're going to put God out. And we're going to erase the memory of God. And revival hits every one of those nations. Every one of them are dead. Every one of them have stood before the God that they said they were going to put out. 
Hallelujah. You can't curse what God has blessed. The church is alive and well in America. America's not going under. The church is here. The body of Christ is alive and well in America. You believe what you want. I believe a move of God's on the way. We've been praying every Monday night for revival. Revival in our city. Revival in our county. Revival in our nation. And awakening to the things of God. Amen. Glory to God. Numbers 23, 19. God is not a man that he should lie. Nor the Son of Man that he should repent. Has he said and will he not do it? Has he spoken and will he not make it good? So notice this. God will never have to repent for lying because he can't lie. See, who and what God has called us is who and what we are. Amen. Because God cannot lie. Always be more certain about what God said about you than what other people said about you. I said, this is what God said about you, so be certain of that, not what somebody else said. Amen. Why? This is important. Because the world wants to break us down into ethnic or racial groups. Amen. Black, white, Latino, Asian. Then they want to tell us what we can have and how we should act depending on our category. Amen. Are are you following me? The world wants to break us down into those categories where you're white and you're black and you're Latino and you're Asian. And so here's what you can expect based on what color your skin is. And we'll put you in your category and you just fit in the category we put you in. You understand? That, that's, what the, that's what the world wants to do. And, and, right, that's racism in its purest form. Judging a person based on their race, regardless of what it is. Now, you do whatever you want to do with this. If you're Latino or black or Asian and you judge me because I'm white, you're a racist. If you're white, and you judge another, another person because of their skin color, you're a racist. Pure and simple. That's racism in its purest form. Amen. Well, you know how all them white folks are. You're not even white. You don't know how we are. Well, you know how the black folks are. You're not, you're not even black. You don't, you don't know. That, that is a ridiculous statement. That's racism. But people will just buy into it. I'm helping somebody. Well, you know how they are. Well, who is they? Who is they? We, we, are, we are, I'm a person. I'm a person with an intellect. I have a name. It's not they. It's not him. It's not whitey. It's not him or her. Amen. It's not black or African American or whatever moniker you want to put on it. It's not Latino or Mexican. It's not Asian or chink or WAP or whatever it is. Every person in here was made in the image of God. And when you were born again, you ceased being whatever nationality and race you are. And you became the redeemed of the Lord and righteous in God's sight. And don't you ever lower your, your, your system of belief to become what the world says you ought to be. I don't care what race you are. Don't you cower and bow your knee to what the world says you're supposed to be when God says you're something else. Amen. Amen. Do, do you hear me? If, 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 if you're a black man or a black woman, don't you take the low road. And don't you settle for less just because they say you should. Amen. Amen. Christians shouldn't be using words like white privilege. What is white privilege? The Bible says there's neither male nor female, Jew nor Greek. It says that we're all in Christ and Christ is all. We're the redeemed. 
Nobody in here has more privilege than the other person if you're the redeemed. We all have a right to the same things. We all have a right to everything that Jesus Christ bought and paid for us to have. Hallelujah. I said hallelujah. Glory to God. Do do, do you see that? I said do you see that? People get people worked up. I'm going to get you this because of the color of your skin. I'm going to get you this because of your gender. I'm going to get you this. They just want your vote. And then they get your vote and they forget about you. Are you following me? The world has been trying to solve civil rights since there's been a world. And you know why they can't do it? It's the love of money. Because when you start going one direction that could help people, there's always somebody that will pay you more to go the other direction. I'm helping somebody. And, 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 and then you got groups coming along talking about the disenfranchised. And we're going to give you a voice. And they're living in a $5 million mansion. Over on top of Knob Hill. And they got you out in the streets protesting. Destroying your city. Burning it to the ground. And they have no connection with you at all. They don't care anything about you. Hallelujah. You got white folks that are prejudiced. Which is a sin. Making comments about black folks and Latino folks. And I'm telling you why. Just messing our nation up. Dear God. You got to believe what God said about you. This is not a political commentary. I'm telling you. In this church, we're not going to have it. We're going to have a a church that looks like our city. We're going to have all ethnicities, all races. We're going to have all different kind of family groups. We're going to have single mothers, single fathers. We're going to have biracial children, blended families. We're going to have black men married white women and white women marrying Latinos. We're going to have everybody. We're going to be a melting pot. We're going to be what God said we're supposed to be. Because it's a lie of the devil. It's a lie of the devil. That you just conform to what the world says you're supposed to be. Amen. You know how they are. Right? You know, they are all the same. You don't even know me. Amen. We live, we live in a society today. Dr. King made a statement in his I Have a Dream speech. I'm, I'm surprised at the number of African-American people that don't even know what Dr. King said. They want to run their mouth about freedom, and they don't even know what the man that made the greatest advances for their freedom ever said. He said in his I Have a Dream speech on Lincoln Memorial in Washington, D.C., he said, I long for the day Where my children will be judged by the content of their character and not the color of their skin. Don't bring your character down to what people think it should be. You get your character from what the Word of God says. That's in the church, that's how we judge, not the color of your skin, the content of your character. Amen. Amen. Do you see that? He said, I look for a day when little black children and little white children will play together with no issue about the color of their skin. 
The same devil that was trying to divide our country with racism in the 1950s and 60s is trying to divide our country with it again. And somebody's got to stand up and say, we're not doing it. We're not having it. And I don't care if we're in the deep south or the far north. We're not going to have it because you are who God says you are. And that's who you are and what you are. Hallelujah. 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 Do, do you see that? Amen. Well, Pastor, you don't know what it's like being black. You're exactly right. You're exactly right. I do not know. And I apologize because I'll never be able to be black. But if Jesus could enter into all of our sufferings, I can enter in and I can help you understand how you're going to get through it and how we're going to defeat it and how we're going to overcome it in the name of Jesus. You know how we overcome it? By us being one. By us not being afraid to say we are who God says we are in spite of the color of my skin, in spite of my gender. There's only two genders, but in spite of my gender, in spite of the fact that I'm a man or a woman, this is who God says I am and this is what I can have. I'm helping you today. Amen. Amen. Well, I'm just angry about it. Well, then do something. Get into something that can make real change. Your anger is not going to change anything if you don't know who you are. Because you'll fall into the same trap. In, in, in the early 1960s. Uh, LBJ, Lyndon Baines Johnson, he said, I'm going to declare war on poverty. We're going to eradicate poverty from America. Remember? Some of y'all remember? And he went and he tore down inner city project housing. And he built new places. And he sunk money into things. And here's the thing. He never changed anybody's thinking. Are you following me? You can take, you can, listen, you can take anybody, if you don't change their thinking about who they are, if you still leave them with the mindset that they are less than, you can put them where, you can put them in a penthouse in Manhattan at the top of Trump Towers and nothing's going to change because if it doesn't change here, it's never going to change out here. Amen. Amen. Yeah, but everybody's against me. Everybody that's worldly is against everybody else. There's nobody that's got everybody for them. Nobody has all the right cards. Well, I'm... I'm, I'm <laughs> Here's what we need to do. We need to legislate this. And you got to have so many people of this color in your company. And you got to have so many people of this gender. You know why that's a problem? You know why that's a problem? If Roxanne and I go and we interview for the same job, but they have a quota that they have to have this many men, and I'm not the best candidate for the job, but they got to hire a man. They're not getting the best candidate. They're not getting the best worker. In America, a company has the right to hire who's the best fit to help their company. You want to be the best. You don't want to get hired just because you're a woman. You don't want to get hired just because you're a man. You don't want to get hired just because you're some other race than white. Then you're just a number. Then you're just a quota. We got this many blacks and we got this many Latinos. You know, and in comparison to our whites. Well, Pastor, that's a touchy subject. Only if you're prejudiced. Only if you don't believe the word of God. You want to be the best at what you do. Are you following me? Let me hurry up. 
The problem with this thinking is it doesn't account for the change that occurred at salvation. You got to think in line with what happened to you when you were born again. Is that right? Look at Galatians 3. Galatians 3. Am I helping you? I haven't said this for a long time, and you may not want to say it, but you ought to turn to your neighbor and say, that's the best preacher I've ever heard in my life. <laughs> Hallelujah. <laughs> Come on in. Hallelujah. See, this frees you up. I am who God says I am. I can go have what God says I can have. I can live wherever God said I can live. I can have whatever job God said I can have. Yeah, but pastor, everybody's against me. Though a host should encamp around about me, I won't fear. Everybody and their brother can set themselves against your success, but it won't work because you're who God says you are. Amen. Glory to God. Galatians 3. I better get over there. Galatians chapter 3 and verse 26. Notice this. You are all the children of God by faith in Christ Jesus. As many of you have been baptized into Christ have put on Christ. There is neither Jew nor Greek. There is neither bond nor free. There is neither male nor female. You are all one in Christ Jesus. Is that what your Bible says? So, as the born-again believers in Christ, there is not Jew or Greek. So we could say, there is not black or white. There is not Asian or Latino. Is that right? God doesn't look at you and go, there's my little black children. There's my little white kids. Got to watch them white ones. There's my little Latino children. Que paso? Right? There's my little Asian children. Hello, Wong Ding, Wong Long Day. Now what he says? It says in Christ, the middle wall of partition has been broken down and he's made everybody one. You might be from a different part of the nation. You might even be from a different country. But we're not that different. If you're a man in here, you have the same number of chromosomes in your body as I have in my body. If you're a woman, you have the same number of the chromosomes in your body as the woman sitting next to you. And it doesn't matter if they're black, white, Asian, Italian, whatever they are, we are really all the same. We just look different on the outside based on where our heritage is from. Is there anybody in here that doesn't have red blood? Nobody. What does that mean? We're all the same. I said, we're all the same. Paul is saying your identity is no longer Jew or Greek. You're all identified now as children of God. Tell your neighbor, I'm a child of God. You're not a black child of God. You're a child of God. You're not a white child of God. You're a child of God. I used to do a lot of preaching in Kojic churches. <laughs> and I'd go, and inevitably, they'd introduce me this way. We want to welcome our white brother. Why you got to mention that? I was so tempted many times to go, what? I never did. But why you got to mention that? How about just brother? I mean, you never introduce your brothers. This is my ugly brother. This is my fat brother. This is my stupid brother. Everybody's got one of those. 
You don't do that. It's just your brother. I said, it's just your brother. The Bible says we are all the children of God. Now, not everybody in the world, everybody in the world is not the child of God. Only people that have put their faith in Christ. And, and that's why we can all come in here this morning and fellowship with no racial overtones and no tension because we're all the children of God. Amen. Am I helping you? Yes, sir. Glory to God. You know, I was in, I was in the, the nursery before service. And, and did you notice I, I saw little white children and little black children and I saw them hugging each other and giving each other kisses and, and right, playing with the same toys. Peyton has something in his mouth and Lily will just take it and put it in her mouth. <laughs> kind of gross. But the point is they don't think about that. You have to learn to look at people as something other than who they are in Christ. Amen. Your racial identity will gain you far less than your Christ identity. Don't put your dependence on that. Amen. Look at, look at Colossians 3. Am I helping you? Colossians chapter 3, verse 7. He's talking about disobedience, and he says, In the which you also walked some time when you lived in them. But now put off all these anger, wrath, malice, blasphemy, filthy communication out of your mouth. Lie not one to another. Notice this. Seeing you have put off the old man with his deeds. And you have put on the new man. Which is renewed in knowledge after the image of him that created him. Well watch. Where there is neither Greek or Jew. Circumcision or uncircumcision, barbarian, Scythian, bond or free. But Christ is all and in all. Do you see that? So in other words, before you were born again, you had that old man that saw black, white, Asian, Latino, whatever race. He said, after you're born again, you put that off. And you've entered into Christ where there is not Jew or Greek or barbarian or Scythian or bond or free. But Christ is all. Christ is all. Are you born again? That's it. That's all that matters. Hallelujah. See, this is important. Christ is all. And in all. That's what matters. If you, if you don't, if, if Christ being in you and you being in Christ is not enough, you need to meditate on it until you begin to see yourself the way he sees you. Nobody in here in God's estimation is underprivileged. Nobody in here is overprivileged. Everybody has the same privileges. Yeah, but Pastor, the way the world's set up, we're, we're not living according to the world. We're living according to the kingdom. Hallelujah. Now, Pastor, you just don't understand. No, 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 no. I understand this. And it's my understanding of this that allows me to say what I'm saying to you today. Hallelujah. If you limit what God says about you, you limit yourself in every other area. Are you following me? Paul's saying your identity, the, the Woos Bible says, in which state there cannot be Greek or Jew, barbarian, Scythian, slave or free man. Christ is all things and in all things. There cannot be. In other words, you will not walk in the fullness of who you are if you only identify with who you are naturally. Natural heritage is wonderful. 
but it pales in comparison to who you are in Christ. Natural race or heritage will place limits on you. Well, you can't do this or that because you're fill in the blank. You're this race. You're a woman. You're too old. You're too young. Hallelujah. That's a limit. Why would you limit yourself? I said, why would you limit yourself? When the Bible says the new creature can do all things through Christ, that strengthens him. It says to you there's nothing impossible. Look at 2 Corinthians 5. This may be elementary to many of us, but I, 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 I want you to understand that. Uh, 2 Corinthians 5, 17. Therefore, well, why do you say therefore? Let's go to verse 16. Wherefore, well, why do you say wherefore? Let's go to verse 15. And that he died for all, so Christ died for all. Now, translate, meditate, all. Does all mean some? Or it means all? So if we said Christ died for everybody in this room, all in this room, would that be all? Christ died for all that they which live should not live unto themselves. Now, understand this. That, of course, is talking about sinfulness and things of that nature. But it's also saying this. You should not live in the box that people say you got to live in. You don't just live according to what color your skin is. You live according to what God said you could have. Are you following me? Boy, there's a lot I can get into in there. I hate the way cities are divided up. Well, this is the black part of town. This is the Latino part of town. This is the white part of town. Why is that? Why is it we go to a certain part of town and we say, this is where all the black folk live? Well, they don't. That's a lie. Well, this is where the Latinos live. That's not where all Latinos live. That's a lie. I, I know I may be shaking up some, 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 some uh, uh, paradigms, but they need to be shook up. Because that, that's evidence that you limit yourself. Hallelujah. I don't care what color your skin is, male or female in here. Don't you stand with your head down around anybody. You are the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. You're a new creature in Christ. You were purchased by something that silver and blood could silver and gold could never buy. It's the blood of Jesus Christ. And that makes me equal with anybody. Oh, glory. Hmm. Verse 17, therefore, if any man be in Christ, he is a new creature. He is a new creature. Old things are passed away. All things have become new and all things are of God who's reconciled us to himself by Jesus Christ and given to us the ministry of reconciliation. So he starts off by saying if we're born again, number one, we're new creatures in Christ. If you're born again, you're a new creature. Secondly, he says the old things are passed away. And all things have become new. Thirdly, he says all those things are of God. So whether you're black, white, male, female, whatever it is, everything that's in you is of God. You, you can't be less than another person based on race. If the things in you are the things of God, just like the things in him or her are the things of God. See, we either believe that way, or we got a little natural thinking that we're mixing with our Bible. And here's the problem with that. I got some, some newcomers here on this row. I'll pick on him right here. 
So if I come up to you and ask you this question, do you like brownies? You do? What's your favorite? You, I mean, you really like brownies? Isn't it good when those brownies, they come out of the oven and, and they're moist in the middle and you pull them apart and that chocolate's like, ooh, right? Isn't that great? So what if I came, now I'm a cook. I like to cook. I can cook brownies. And I came up to you. What's your first name again? Tom. Tom. I should have remembered that. Tom. Tom. I come up to you and I say, Tom, I got some brownies fresh out of the oven. Look, I've cut them up. Oh, man. They're moist in the middle. What would you start doing? You'd be like, ooh. Got some milk to go with him. You like milk with your brownie? Definitely. Most definitely. I'm not going to embarrass you too much longer. <laughs> but then I get you out a big brownie and I put it on the plate. And I give you a fork. You're just about to dip into that. And I said, now hang on, Tom. I want to tell you something. In that brownie are milk and eggs and flour and sugar and chocolate. You're like, oh, yeah. And just a little cow manure. Here's my question. Are you going to eat that brownie? And I say, I don't even know where it's at. I don't even know if it's in that brownie. It's just a pinch. You're not going to eat that brownie, are you? Probably. Come on, you better say no. <laughs> Brother's thinking about it. Well, you said I won't even taste it. <laughs> no, he said no. He said no. Think about that. So you take just a little bit of that worldly thinking and sprinkle it in with what the Word said. You're either a new creature or you're not. You're either new inside or you're not. Everything that's in your spirit is either of God or it's not. It's not halfway or partway. If you're a wall-to-wall Holy Ghost in your spirit. And that's ever who you are. Male, female, black, white, old, young, big, little. It doesn't matter. You're what God said you are. Amen. And don't lessen yourself by letting the world. Romans chapter 12, verse 1 and 2. You remember what it says? It, 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 it tells us uh, uh, to not be conformed to this world any longer. But to be transformed by the renewing of our mind. That word conform means to be pushed into a mold. It means to be squeezed into a box. We've got so many believers that are squeezed into the mold of the world. Do you see that? He said don't be conformed any longer. Be transformed. The word is metamorpho. It's where we get the idea of the, of the caterpillar turning into a butterfly. When you see a caterpillar, you don't see a butterfly. That's a caterpillar. That's not a butterfly. It doesn't look anything like a butterfly. But one day that caterpillar is going to morph into a butterfly. You may not see everything in you in existence that God says is in you right now but one day it's all going to come to the surface and you're going to See yourself the way God sees you. <sighs> Glory. Then it says that Christ was made sin for all of us. And all of us were made the righteousness of God in Him. All of us that are born again are in right standing with God. So that means... I'm not black or white or Jew or Greek. I'm the redeemed. I'm the righteousness of God. Do you see that? Well, Pastor, you know, I know what you're saying, but you know, you know, you get around certain people. Hey, that's racist thinking. You can disagree with me if you want. But to go there means that you're making a judgment based on skin color. If you're around Dr. Ben Carson, would you say that? The premier brain surgeon in the world? Well, no, Pastor. He's a black man. I said he's a black man. You follow me? No, you wouldn't make that, that statement. If, if they're all the same, then he's got to be the same as the person that you're pointing to to make that judgment from. 
if all white people are the same, who, who, who is helping you make that decision? What, what, right? And see, that goes into everything. All cops are the same. All cops hate black people. All cops got it out for black folks. Just the way it is. Pastor, I, I know, I've seen it. And so you've never seen a cop, an officer, be wrong to a white man? Because it exists. They get arrested for it every day. Are you following me? It just don't make the news. Because it won't get any viewers if it's a white cop persecuting a white man. But let it be any other color. And we got to broadcast this. And, and, here's, what, and here's what's taught. And, and I'm, I'm meddling and I might as well go ahead. And so now we got families teaching their children that law enforcement is against them. Well, who are they going to turn to when they need help? I'll tell you what they're going to do. They're going to go handle it themselves. And that's why we got young men in prison. And that's why we, right? That's why we got young men that have no hope. We have a glut of fatherlessness in the black family and the Latino family and the white family. We have mothers trying to raise children on their own. And it's not, it's not that they're wrong. It's that's not how God ever intended it. God intended for there to be a father that was the head of that home that led his family in the things of God and led his wife and protected his family. And if we don't address that, that's not just a black problem. That's a white problem. That's a Latino problem. Amen. We got to bring our children up, whether they have a father or not. We got to bring them up and teach them you're the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. You're going to encounter people that are ignorant, that make a judgment based on your skin. But that's not who you are. You're not who they say you are. You're who God says you are. Oh, hallelujah. Oh, hallelujah. Pastor, do you realize what part of the country you're in? The part of the country that needs what I'm saying. Amen. I'm, I'm telling you. Boy, I better hush. Well, I got 20 minutes, but. Amen. Well, if we, if we could just get a black mayor. We could just get a white mayor. We could just get a mixed mayor. Latino mayor, somebody that would identify with us. See, but then you destroy the purpose of the office. My job as a pastor is not to identify with the white folk or the black folk. It's to cause you to identify with who Christ said you are. The, it, the, 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 the job of a leader is not to get up and champion the cause of one select group of people. It's to make the common good of all people his priority or her priority. The problem we have in government now is you have a group of people that are, that are making one side their priority. This group of people is the priority. And I'm not talking race. This is the priority. No matter who they alienate. I'll just say this. Don't cry about your poll numbers when you don't care about the people that are causing it. You, you following me? It's not getting a black man or a white man or a black woman or a white woman in office that's going to change things. It's getting somebody in office that thinks in line with the Word of God. That's what will change things. Look at, look at uh, uh, 2 Corinthians 3 and verse 18. Understand, in Christ, I have no identity of my own. In Christ, I have no identity of my own. I'm in Christ. Hallelujah. 
all that I am in the natural is swallowed up in who I am in Christ. Everything. The lie divides. The truth unites. But the lie separates me from what God says I am. The truth unites me to who God says that I am. In 2 Corinthians 3.18 it says, But we all with open face beholding as in a glass the glory of the Lord are changed into the same image from glory to glory even as by the Spirit of the Lord. So notice, I'm in Christ. I have no identity of my own. As, as I behold with open face the glory of the Lord in the Word of God, I'm changed into that image by the glory of God. Hallelujah. Look at Romans 8, 29. My heart, my heart is, and, and we're starting it. We, we're, we're starting this, this uh, uh, group called Father Circle. And, and I'm telling you, my heart, my heart is to get young men in, young, young uh, 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 black men, white men, uh, Latino men, and tell them, you don't have to make decisions based on who you are and what your nationality is and what your race is. Let's get in the Word and see who you are. My, my goal is to eradicate the orphaned heart in the hearts of these young men that have not seen it modeled how they're supposed to act and what they're supposed to do. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. If the fathers abdicate their place, the generation that father follows has no idea what they're supposed to do. Amen. When we forfeit our place, not just as fathers in the, in the natural, fathers in the faith, fathers in the church, the church can no longer sit back and complain about the state of young people in America when we're not, we're not concerned about it. We're not pressing to try to change it, to try to help things be better. Mm. Glory to God. Romans 8, 29. Whom he did foreknow, he did predestinate to be conformed to the image of his Son, that he might be the firstborn among many brethren. See, our desire is to be conformed to the image of Christ. Not to the image of what the world says I should be. The image of Christ. Let's end with this. Galatians 2. Am I helping you at all? I'm, folks, I'm telling you, there's a youth movement on. The Lord has been, has been talking to me. If you've been coming to church any length of time, the Lord's been talking to me about that for two years. But when, 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 when people come to church, I don't care what age, what ethnicity, what race, I, I don't care what gender, male or female, when they come and they come with their baggage and they come with their issues and they come with things that have been rooted and grounded in them for years, the church can't just expect things to change in a week or change in a month. We, we, we've got to disciple people. We've got to make it our business to see that their lives change. God is going to hold the church responsible for the people that come and hear the gospel in those walls. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Galatians chapter 2 and verse 20. I am crucified with Christ. Nevertheless, I live. Yet not I, but Christ lives in me. And the life I now live in the flesh, I live by the faith of the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. Now listen, here's what he's saying in, in its essence. This new life I have in Christ, I live it by faith. In other words, I am who God said I am by faith. You are who God says you are by faith. Well, Pastor, I don't feel like a champion. But you are because God said you were. See, now that can be elementary. That can be too simple. But God said that. So that's who you are. Think about it. Now, I'm not, I'm, I'm not by any means a bleeding heart. You understand? I, I expect people to to put on their big boy pants and, and do their job. That's right. I believe that that's right. But here's the thing. 
How many people, how many young men and women, how many, how many young men and women, people of all races, have never been told, you're a champion. When you go out into this world today, son, you're a winner. You're a champion. You can do all things through Christ. You have no fear in Jesus' name. How would that change things? I said, how would that change things? We wouldn't have people that just give up because they run into somebody that thinks archaically. Listen, the time for thinking different, Lord, help me say this right. It's archaic thinking to place people in a box because of the color of their skin. It's archaic. I had a person tell me one time, and, and I've always pastored a, 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 a multiracial church, but somebody told me one time, well, you mostly pastor white people, and so you just don't understand. I said, let me tell you something. There are as many dumb white people as there are dumb black people. Stupid is as stupid does. I'm not saying that about anybody in here. I got a smart church. But, but what I'm telling you is the challenges with people are the same, whatever people you're pastoring. But what are we going to do about it? Government programs aren't the answer. Subsidies aren't the answer. You know what the answer is? Christ. The problem is still the same. Sin is still the problem, and Jesus is still the answer. It's sinful to make a decision about somebody based on the color of their skin. It's sinful to make a decision about somebody based on whether they're male or female. Hallelujah.